Hello, amazing people. Welcome to Life According to Adeshale podcast. I am Adetikumbu Adeshale, and this is podcast number 10. Count it, numero 10. On today's podcast, we will have Chris Robinson of the Cove Recording Studio located at the Innovation Center. We will talk about his journey into the musical world and how he became a recorder for both soloists and bands as well. And stay tuned at the end for special bonus content. All right, let's cue that music. We usually, uh, I think, bond, bro bond over eating cake and brownies that are left out. Uh, but I also know that he is a musician, I believe, of several instruments, uh, maybe vocals, I don't know. And uh, he records people as well. And I believe he has a prospering business recording people. He does some of that recording for people who come through the Innovation Center. And so I like music and I like the idea of recording. And so I figured, why don't we talk about music and recording and what's that like? how he got started and you know what he's doing right now it's chris welcome hey hey Hey. so let's let's talk about music let's Let's talk about music let's talk about music how'd you get started and like what instruments do you play what have you well how did i get started um i don't know to think about this how i get started i think you've been playing that long yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, I can tell you how I got interested while you're thinking. I remember we moved to a house and there was like a toy guitar, like electric guitar. Like it was a toy, but it was down in the basement. Someone left and it was just, oh my gosh, yeah. I want to do this. This is amazing. Right, right. And before right. that, the kazoo. I think. Very serious instrument. If I were to really <laughs> say how I got started, it would have to, to begin. Uh, I don't know how old I was, but I must have been maybe three, maybe four. Oh, wow. And it started like with basically a, a trip trip down to the basement, Yeah, which, which was basically just storage at the time. Yeah, but see, basements, was, amazing things happen. There was a drum set there that was semi-set up, and my dad started playing wow. it. My dad does not play drums, but when you're three or four and you hear loud noises, yeah, it was awesome. So, uh... I don't know, but I have it's such a vivid image of, of a memory that I have from when I was three or four. Hmm. So I would say that's when the seed was planted. Okay. Not necessarily I didn't start playing then, yeah. but th- there was something about that. And then, and then if you skip forward maybe five, six, seven years later... You're all about 11 years old or so at that point. I, I might be, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe 11, somewhere between the ages of seven and 11, I don't know. But uh, taking a trip to, uh, I don't even know where, it doesn't matter where, the, 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 what I remember is my uncle yeah. who would hit the dashboard along with the drums to huh. the music. I had no idea what he was doing, but the theme was, it was loud, and yeah. it was cool. <laughs> and I liked it. <laughs> I thought it was just this amazing ability he had to know when... Yeah things were going to happen and then hit the huh. dashboard in line with it i didn't just so you noticed that like you noticed like, that he knew when to like yeah, do something it was like wow. I, I have no idea it just was neat 
So then you move on up to fifth grade, and uh, the, the school where I was at, Northeastern, had the high school band uh, march, and then the elementary kids go watch them march to see if you would be interested in being in band. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I thought it looked cool, looked like they were out there having fun, and they asked me what I wanted to play, and I wanted to play the tuba because yeah. it was the biggest and the loudest. Yeah, but wait, question. But you had no experience at that point, right? No experience playing. So you're, so you're a freshman at this point? Fifth grade, sorry. Fifth grade, okay, fifth, grade. fifth grade. This is fifth grade when okay. music when you just start to get introduced to playing music uh, regularly. Okay. Because, you know, you have music classes and... Uh, for then, but my next real significant memory on getting started in music was the tuba. The tuba. The marching sousaphone, you know, the sousaphone, and seeing how big it was, and it just seemed to be really loud. And again, just going with that theme of it was loud and cool for me. Uh, again, as uh, start playing tuba, um, I realized that the percussion students got to stand up, move around. And, and they were having more fun than I was having, so I wanted to switch to percussion. Hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, at that time I also I, I just wanted to play percussion as well. Got, uh, I don't remember how this happened, but I think a friend of my brother's was playing drums somewhere, and so this, the drumming started to become more of a theme hmm. in my music uh, experiences. And for my 13th birthday, my dad took me out to get a drum set. Oh. And it was... Nice. And, you know, this was... Uh, this would have been 1998, so the kit was probably from early 80s, and it was a Pearl Export with seven toms and a bass drum, a snare drum, eight cymbals. I mean, it was the... It was a lot of drum set for a 13-year-old to have. Yeah. So, because I had been recently just playing around with the drum set that was in the basement when I was four, I was playing around on that. Oh, that's where that memory comes from. So I was playing around on that because I had voiced I had interest in playing drums and percussion. So they got the drum set out for me to start playing, and then my brother's friend come over and actually played the drum set. Oh, the drums that was in your basement? Yeah, the drums that were in my basement. And it sounded amazing when he did it. I mean, it was like he made those bucket drums sound like music. And again, I thought that was really cool. My dad had a big old uh, uh, play music play system in the barn that uh, it wasn't your average barn. It was finished out and stuff. So, and a nice sound system. The drum set was in there. And my friend came over and played along to records that we listened to. And again, I couldn't believe how awesome. It just felt really cool to me to see somebody play along with yeah. the music. So I started doing that. And then uh, as my interest maintained, that's when... When I turned 13 and my dad bought, bought me my own drum set, yeah. and then we set it up in there, and then I just really started playing, practicing a lot, and then it wasn't long before I got hooked up with drum lessons from Kevin McDonald, who is a uh, local hero uh, in the music circles uh, because of his extreme skill at playing drums. And... <sighs> So that really kind of linked me into starting a real set of uh, playing for real. Once mm-hmm. I started getting into drum set with Kevin, then I got linked up with the uh, Fountain City Wesleyan Church. About a year later, playing drums for them 
at their services. And having that uh, outlet, so the lessons and then a place to perform, all of that started me playing drums. So then you started playing for the uh, church? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah that's, and that's, so that's really, I started when I was about four, 13, 14 years old playing drums. Okay, nice. So then you move into playing for the church. And so then did you play up until you graduated from high school for the church? Or like, well, I like still play there every weekend. So. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. Playing there this weekend. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. It's kind of a bit of a home for me. So Yeah. yeah. And, so. That's, that's lovely. So are there any other instruments that you play? Yeah, when I was, uh, let's see. I play bass, guitar, and I can play the piano-ish. Um, because I don't remember how I got into this, but uh, recording, uh, home recording was something I just discovered. Uh, I think one time I was over at a music uh, shop, I think it was Guitar Center or something, and they had just on their shelf Cubase, and it was, I realized for the first time that you could buy software and then just record yourself. Cubase and is making recording. It, oh, and then Fruity Loops. Fruity Loops is that where That sounds familiar. Yes, it was Fruity Loops, and it was just Fruity Loops at the time, not even two, I don't think. So Fruity Loops is a software program where you can program drums. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, now they've added so much to it, you can do whatever, I mean, create whatever music you want in there. It's used a lot now for uh, dubstep music, oh, really? dance music, uh, yeah, DJs. Oh, we'll make some I dubstep mean, here in a moment. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. So I started with that, making some beats. Um just because, I don't know, it was neat. Uh, what, brother, was the, what was on this? Like a Windows? Uh, what, what, what system were you using? I think it was either Windows 95 or 98. Oh, yeah. I was about to say I'm that. Not, I'm yeah. not sure we had upgraded to 2000. Yeah. might have been 2000. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no, I don't think we had 2000. Oh, not yet. 98. <laughs> okay. 98 yeah. at the best. I think we, we stuck with 95 and 98 for a long time. I don't think... I can remember going to 2000. But, uh, yeah, so that's, you know, started doing that. So when, it, when I started recording myself uh, with Cubase, when one single microphone, I needed to learn how to play the other songs to make, or other instruments in order to you know, make mm. music. So I just learned by having the instrument there and making music with it. Really just playing, I should say, just playing ahead and playing with, like, okay. We'll just figure this out. Hours, hours and hours of that's not right. That's not right. No, that's not. Well, that's cool. I'll keep that and then record it and then. Hmm. So just a lot of doing it. So how did you? I mean, because I could imagine for some people that would be like really challenging, like to keep doing that. I see a lot of people perhaps saying, "Oh, maybe this is too hard. I'm just thinking like with the drums because I know the drums." Like, how are you able to like keep on like doing that? Boredom, I guess. Okay, outside, fair outside enough. Of, outside fair of, enough. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I guess, you know, when you really want to do something, you don't think about it that way. So I guess I just had an idea that I wanted to do it, and it was not the, the fact that it kept coming out wrong wasn't a thought in my mind, really. It was just, okay. I know it's there somewhere. <laughs> okay, so so unlike some people, a lot of people, a lot. I think a lot of people focus on like, okay, I'm not doing this right. Okay, I'm not doing this right. But it sounds like you were just like, all right, 
I'm not really worried about that. Like, it will get right. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, they, yeah. don't, they don't get... I don't know. I guess I wasn't too... Thought, I played a lot of video games when I was mm-hmm. around that time. And I had Most a lot of... of Mario. A lot of... You know, I was in high school or... I think at that time I was 16. But, um, you know, when you're 16 and I lived out in the country... I don't think I had a driver's license yet. Maybe it was 15, so maybe it was a little earlier. But So it's like after playing video games for a couple hours and you get bored of that and you go out and, and do this, you, know, you still have lots of hours before mm. you go to bed. And I don't know what else I was going to do. So just kept sense. doing it. I don't know. I think that's perhaps, a whole lot of thought into that. <laughs> I think that might be one of the benefits of, of that particular time frame is that, you know, if there was internet, you know, it kind of wasn't the same way that we have internet now. Like... Oh yeah, I wasn't waiting for all those random noises to yeah hook up. <laughs> yeah, no, no, and that's that's no offense to anyone who who waits for all the random noises and stuff. I'm waiting for lots of random noises, but I do think that can be a, a distraction. I you know because as I think about, it, I was like, you know what, I did a lot of like reading uh, myself and just play with just explored stuff and. You know, I think about a lot of my time now. A lot of my time is spent socializing, right? Mm-hmm. But with a large group of people who are online versus like socialize a little bit and then like doing whatever it is that I mm-hmm. want to do. So that's really interesting. So your first time recording was on Fruit Loops, Fruity Loops. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now you, and then you started recording other um, instruments. So. Now I know you moved into like recording other people. Like, mm-hmm. what was what was the first time that that happened? Well, it was just na- I mean, uh, started with the band I was in at the time in high school. What was their name? Oh, I don't even remember. Okay, let's see. AK doesn't want to tell us. <laughs> Probably shouldn't tell. Probably shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> well, I really can't remember. That's okay. No, hold on, Cartwright and the Filipinos. That's Cartwright in the Filipinos. <laughs> that's right. Okay. C-A-T-P. Yep, that's it. C-A-T-P. So, anyway, just kind of a random thing. Uh, but, yeah, we practiced, rehearsed, and we had a karaoke machine, which could... Oh, nice. You know, so you could flip out the tapes and record as many layers as you wanted. So we started doing that. Mm. And uh, after a while, we were like, this is, you know, there's other things we can use that would be more effective. So we pulled out the computer, put Cakewalk on there, started putting it on a computer, and then just kept going with it. Nice. But mostly, just as people needed it or wanted it, they knew I could record because yeah. I was recording myself, and I'd show them stuff that I'd recorded, and they were like, oh, can we come record too? So Cool. So then, at what point did you think, like, you know what, maybe I should start accepting money for this stuff, you know? It uh, wasn't until after college that somebody told me that I have to not do this for free. Mm. Did you go to college for music and production? Yeah. Production, okay. Yeah. So you, you've really jumped into music, production, and recording. Oh, yeah. yeah. Time. It's, uh, it's always a good time, so <laughs> I just <laughs> keep doing it. Awesome. But yeah, I think after after college, I hooked up with my uh, now partner Jeff, who kept telling me what you know you we have to charge for this. You can't mm. keep doing this for free, and he was right. And so I just told people, okay, I have to have some money now. <laughs> so yeah. then they started giving me money instead. Oh. <laughs> no. Was that a hard transition? Or Absolutely, was it pretty... it's hard. I think that there's. Um, 
uh, getting paid for something is uh, tricky. And it, I don't know, especially something that you love to do. So I, I often don't think of it as I'm getting paid for that. I Even when I started charging people, it was, well, I have to get money because I'm away from my family. And so oh, I really okay. have to be able to... Yeah. to uh, Legitimize. Yeah, that time for them and give them money, give my wife money for my time being away. She's doing extra duties over there right. when I'm gone. It's not fair for her for me to be out here having fun and she gets nothing in return for it. But so I don't, I mean, I, even when I play drums and I get, if I get paid to go have a gig in, in somewhere, I don't look at it like I'm getting paid for playing drums. I get paid to load up the drum set, which is very, very frustrating. Ah, uh, okay. And hard work. And then te- setting up the sound equipment and then tearing it down. But, mm. you know, so after a while of getting paid and looking at it that way, it was like, yeah, I probably should get some money for doing that because it's hard work. And uh, takes a lot of time, and I don't like setting things up and tearing them down. Yeah, I don't like. It takes it. I, yeah, it's a process. It is. It is, <laughs> it is a process. <laughs> so, what's been one of your best recording experiences? Oh wow, my best ex- recording experience be it something you just laughed about, or you know, it was just everything just kind of really came together. Uh, there's a couple that come to mind. Well, it could be top three. <laughs> um, I I feel like the one that, that kind of wins out is uh, my experience at uh, a friend of mine. We were recording up in uh, in Lafayette in a really nice studio, and we had managed to get the studio for the entire week. So. What people don't realize, well, I don't know if people realize it or not, but when you're the recording engineer, it doesn't matter if you're recording all the time. You're the one in the seat making everything go to tape or recording it to the computer. So the drummer might be up to record all his parts, and then the guitar, you know, then when he's done, he goes, sits and replaces, watches TV or whatever, and then the guitar player goes, and then the singer and the bass player, they all take their turns. The, the whole time you're sitting there doing all of this mm. stuff so 24 hours would go by and then I would realize oh wow I haven't slept wow <laughs> I guess we should sleep <laughs> and then we would sleep for a little bit and then go back to it but it was like it was just a neat experience because given the time and the place to do it for a week I don't think I uh, had any, any of us really slept very much because we were all very excited about just being there and, mm. and uh, doing it and so it was just fun bonding experience for all the guys to be up there and, and being able to um, create music like that and have that opportunity. So. Nice. That's awesome. That's pretty awesome. So, yeah, the whole thing was just... marathons. I mean, 24-hour was... That was like, you know, the standard. Then we'd sleep for a little bit. So it That was, was the standard? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. I think after that point... Yeah, they definitely like, do need to pay you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and, for hours. Yeah, I'm not saying it turned out any good because we probably should have taken breaks for the benefit of the music, but it was still fun. Still nice. one of my favorite experiences. Are you recording any uh, current bands? Uh, I've seen a number of people come to you. Yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, or are they soloists mostly? Soloists usually, um, just by way of 
the equipment that I have and, and what I generally do is work with an individual um, who has a, who's a songwriter and then uh, put a lot of instruments to it. So I'll play the bass, I'll play the mm. guitar or the drums and stuff. So they might play guitar and sing and have a, have a song idea, have it all ready to go, and then I will help and work with them to get the rest oh, wow. of it done. So I so I could come in not needing to have a whole band with me, but you could actually help me put the whole band basically mm-hmm. together. Right, right, right. And then if I'm like, I mean, I, I'm pretty competent with drums and bass. Guitar, I can do a lot of rhythm work. Piano, if you need some basic things. Mm-hmm. But if I can't do it, then I usually find somebody who can and bring okay. them in to... to get it to the level it needs to be okay so at the current place you're at the cove mm-hmm. are you able to record a full band if they can yeah yeah i can record a full band okay. uh it's just full bands generally are what i want to say um I, I guess it's not it's it's um it's really more of a function of what i have always done if you look at the timeline and how things are I started playing it, playing all of the instruments. So generally, the people that I hook up with are people who need me to do a lot of the things mm. for, with them. And so creating demos of songs is more of what what the studio is geared for. And then I also make natural connections with those mm. types of artists, yeah. more likely. So if I'm out with a band, and I see a band... Um, they a lot of bands already have studios. Everybody has right. a home studio, you know. So chances are, if there's a band, three of them have home recording studios already. So there's not really a need for another studio. But when I do find bands that don't have studios, then yeah, I can do the full band. Right. So not only do you, can you do the full band, you provide them the experience of four years at least of, of schooling, I imagine, and production, mm-hmm. recording, then all the years that you put in. To learning this stuff the hard way, you know, by yourself. Oh yeah, yeah. And then your equipment. I remember all your equipment is like world class, professional. Yeah, that's what I mean. The yeah, I have some pretty good equipment. He's gonna be real, real calm <laughs> about that. He has some really good equipment. What what software do you use to uh, to record people in? Right now, I'm using Studio One uh, Three. I was using Pro Tools and Logic. Uh, but Studio One just has seems to have combined the best of both of those into one, and just recently had made the switch to that one. Okay. Everybody uses Pro Tools, but uh, or it's but a lot of people are switching over now. So, okay. is there any advice you give to uh, aspiring um, soloists or a group that's like you know we want to get a band together and maybe one day record? Is there any advice you you give to some group or person just starting out like anything else when you're getting started there is a lot of momentum like it's harder to get something started and keep something going but the things that can help you get started if you're trying to put together a band or get into doing this stuff is finding somebody who's already doing it finding somebody who's going to be Mm -hmm. able to support you and uh give you uh, the guidance that you need that mentor uh, connection is probably the most important thing when you're getting started. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Find a mentor. Find a guide. Yeah, yeah. Find somebody who you know 
Or if you don't know him, find just yeah, find a guy. Fine. I think things are easier now. We got Facebook. Yeah, you <laughs> should be able to find somebody. somebody. <laughs> Call me if you need to. All right. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, how can people reach you? If they want more information or if they want to do some recordings, how can they reach you? Oh, you can call me. Uh, just call the Innovation Center, I guess. Call the Innovation Center? All right. Yeah, for now, that's probably the best way. All right. So you all heard that. Leave a message at the Innovation Center. I'll leave the uh, contact information for the Innovation Center in the show notes. Well, this has been a pleasure. I'm so glad that you've taken your time out and been able to talk to us and I think that there are musicians out there who are really going to benefit from that encouragement. Like, even if you're just starting from nowhere, you can start making it to a point where you're recording your music, and it's of great quality. And for those people who are working on bands and trying to figure out, like, where can we go, how do we record, because maybe they don't have the software, now they know a place where they can come and, and get that done with professional quality. So mm-hmm. thank you very much. And for everyone, as usual, uh, you feel free to contact me at adeshley at gmail.com. That is A-D-E-S-H-I-L-E at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us. Have a great day. Bonus content, friends. Well, Chris of Code Recording Studio will be now hosting a summer camp to get other people interested and involved in recording. So he'll be doing Sound 101 and Sound 102. The dates will be June 6th through June 29th, as well as July 6th through August 1st, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. in the local area. Age requirement is 13 and up, and the cost will be $110. If you are interested and you should be after hearing him talk, you can contact him at the Innovation Center. Please check the show notes for that information. Bye-bye. See you on the other side of awesome.